Today's program, we are bringing the heat. We are bringing the fire. On the program today, we've got AFL football, Friday Night Lights, Geelong versus Sydney from Simmons Stadium. We've got UFC, John Bones Jones knocks out Daniel Cormier, pound for pound number one. And we've got NBA, Kyrie Irving. What is going on with him now? This is no holds barred. What a show we've got today. It is action-packed. Hoops, AFL action, and UFC. John Jones back on top over there after a delay or a bit of a sabbatical, I guess, with uh, legal and drug issues over there. But Jones back on top, UFC. In saying that, we're going to start today's show with Australian Rules Football. Yes, the AFL. It is Friday Night Lights tonight down there at Simmons Stadium. The Geelong Cats up against the Sydney Swans in another blockbuster. AFL organisers organisers will be absolutely loving this. The uh, the Friday Night fixture really is the... The showcase uh, of the weekend's matches, and they have been getting some tantalising matchups over the last month. And this one is the same. It comes in that blockbuster category: Cats versus Swans. A bit on the line. Second position, Geelong, and Sydney. Uh, sixth position after going down last week to Hawthorne again uh, in the Friday night fixture. There, uh, it was a great game last week. Very defensive. Uh, a very defensive game. There was not much in it throughout the entire contest. And uh, Hawthorne inflicted the, the Sydney second loss in the last uh, 12 matches. In fact, they're 10, they're 10 and 2. 10 wins, 2 losses in their last 12. Both losses coming to the Hawks. And they've got, really got their work cut out for them tonight. Travelling uh, down to, the, to Simmons Stadium, uh, the fortress down there that Geelong play at. Um, they have an incredible record down there, and they're going to start favourites in this one. Uh, news during the week, Patrick Dangerfield out, suspended. Uh, the media were going ballistic over this throughout the, throughout the week. Uh, obviously ineligible now for the Brownlow medal for, for, our, for our American viewers uh, or um, American listeners. Uh, the Brownlow medal is uh, basically the MVP uh, of the league. And uh, Patrick Dangerfield was suspended uh, basically for, for rough play uh, during the week with, uh, with a tackle. And uh, he's been suspended for a week. So uh, he's ineligible to win that medal. So he's ineligible to win the, uh, the MVP, even if he is the best player and polls the most votes. So a bit of controversy there. But if you do the crime, you've got to do the time. And uh, I think uh, the result overall was consistent with... Uh, some of these sling tackles that have been going on. He, he 
tackled big ruckman Matthew Cruiser. Cruiser stands probably about six foot seven and 110 kilograms, or you know, 250, 260 pounds uh, in the um, uh, in the uh, uh, American um, metrics. And um, he uh, hit his head on the ground. Was a little bit. Uh, uh, was semi-unconscious. Uh, had to go off the had to go off the field and uh, had a bit of concussion. So um, yeah, when it was all said and done, Dangerfield was definitely going to be under the pump to try and escape that. And he is out tonight. So no Dangerfield. They're going to lose plenty uh, in the midfield there and in the forward line, Geelong. But their uh, their list is absolutely loaded, and. Um, Sydney uh, are definitely going to have their work cut out for them. Sydney done a remarkable job, as I said, started 0-6 uh, at the start of uh, the season. Um, so for them to be in sixth position, they must win tonight to keep their top four hopes alive. And, uh, you know, Geelong, uh, entrenched in second position, they, uh, they had a... a, a a, a soft win last week against Carlton, against the Blues. They were just bigger physically. Uh, you know, they were able to push the Blues around. The Blues uh, have a lot of youngsters uh, that are coming through the ranks. And um, the, Coach Brendan Bolton getting a lot of games into the Blues. They've been somewhat competitive this year, but last week was a mismatch. And Geelong uh, really flexed their muscle. And, and the bigger bodies and the more mature players had their way. Tonight, it's not going to be that way. I expect a physical clash with the Sydney Swans, and um, this one shapes to be uh, shapes to be a beauty. Look at um, big Tom Hawkins down there at centre-half forward for, for the Cats. He kicked six goals last week, was moving exceptionally well, the best he's moved uh, in quite a long time, the big man. Um, so, you know, Hawkins to have an impact tonight, and Buddy Franklin at centre-half forward for the Sydney Swans. The two big centre-half forwards will go a long way to deciding who wins this contest tonight. Interesting one here, the ground at Simmons Stadium, a little bit smaller ground than the MCG. It's probably similar dimensions to the SCG where the Swans are play their home game. So uh, in terms of uh, you know the bigger ground, I think the Swans play the smaller grounds a little bit better. It's a little bit more up and under, uh, more of a physical contest. So uh, Geelong down there at Simmons, uh, I think this has the potential to uh, to be an explosive uh, uh, explosive contest with uh, with plenty of physicality and um, and high octane uh, contest. So um, this one should be a ripper. I'm picking Geelong to uh, to get over the line in a tight one. But uh, second versus six Friday night lights will be an absolute ripper if uh, you're in Australia. Um, you need to be tuning in because they don't get any bigger than this one right now, especially this time of the year. Um, the other game I want to talk about, which is going on over the weekend, uh, Richmond versus Hawthorne. Hawthorne defeated Sydney last week in a tight contest, keeping their finals hopes alive. Coach Alistair Clarkson has done a remarkable job with uh, the playing group here. Uh, he's got them playing together, and uh, they've got a bit of belief at the moment. And, uh, you know... Richmond sitting in fourth position. They wanna they wanna hammer home the the uh, the the double the double chance here by finishing top four. Um, so a bit on the line with this one too. Um, Richmond and Hawthorne. This one should be a beauty. I'm expecting uh, a really fierce contest here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the upset. I'm gonna pick Hawthorne to get the job over Richmond. Um, Richmond have. Uh, 
Their forward line pressure has been absolutely incredible. They're the, they're, they are you know, rating the most tackles inside the forward 50, uh, inside their own forward 50 in the, throughout the competition. Uh, and they're going to continue to run with this style. Uh, Hawthorne uh, have lost captain Luke Hodge. Uh, he's out suspended during the week as well. That's uh, a, it's a huge loss for them. But I'm going to pick Hawthorne to, to really find a way here. Uh, I'm expecting Clarkson to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Uh, if Hawthorne lose this game, they're done and dusted. Their season is over. So this is another one of those contests where it's, where it's an, uh, you know, an eight-point swing. Richmond want to hammer home the advantage and uh, consolidate that top four position. And Hawthorne, they want to keep their, their chances alive. So, um, you know, it, it will be an absolute uh, ripping game. The other topic there I want to speak on, you know, the Dustin Martin contract uh, issues, still yet to sign a contract. Uh, it can't be healthy for the Richmond Football Club or, or the playing list. It hasn't affected them so far. They seem to be playing uh, good enough footy to to remain in the top half of the ladder there, uh, in the top half of the eight. Uh, but um, all kinds of speculation that, you know, uh, Martin, you know, wanting more money, I believe he's probably going to hold out now. Uh, he's... The Brownlow Medal, or um, for our American listeners, the MVP favourite after Dangerfield is out suspended during the week. So his odds have even shortened uh, to win uh, football's most coveted prize, the Brownlow Medal. Um, so there's been rumours that his management uh, are holding out now till, um, till later on the year because his stock's only going to go up even more uh, by winning the Brownlow Medal. Um, but, you know... Richmond, one of the biggest clubs in Australia, especially when they're up and running and they're going well, which right now they are. They have been, um, you know, in the doldrums and, and out of uh, premiership contention for about 20, 25 years now, uh, or even longer, probably going on 30 years. Um, so for them to be in fourth position, it'll be, uh, I think it'll be crazy for Dustin Martin to leave Richmond. Uh, he's obviously their most important piece, but there is speculation that North Melbourne are uh, are a side that uh, that he is considering, and there is talk of the Gold Coast uh, up north as well. But I think Martin would be wise to stay at, stay at Richmond, uh, sign the contract, um, commit your future there. Uh, he's going to make uh, plenty of money off the ground as well, just with uh, you know endorsements and sponsorships and being the face of the of the franchise and and of the club. So um, you know it can't be it can't be healthy. But Richmond versus Hawthorne. Uh, should be a beauty. I'm, uh, you know, I'm picking the Hawks to cause the upset there. Uh, this is this is uh, no holds barred. Dustin Martin. Jeez, sign the deal already. God. He's going to get 1 million to 1.1 million. He's going to make more at Richmond off the field than he will anywhere else. Anyway, they're finding a way. They are finding a way. But I think I think it'll catch up with them. I really do. In saying that, we're going to segue on to some UFC. The Ultimate Fighting Championship last weekend had a marquee fight. John Bones Jones 
And Daniel Cormier hit the octagon. And they put on a show. Well, at least it was a show until Bones Jones knocked out Cormier. It started with a kick to the head, which stunned Cormier. And then after that, it was a sitting duck. Because when John Bones Jones gets you in that situation, he's an absolute killer. And Cormier felt the wrath. And John Bones Jones sits back atop the sport of the UFC, of the ultimate fighting world, the ultimate fighting championship. And with the Mayweather and McGregor circus that's going on, it was good to get an actual legitimate fight uh, between Jones and Cormier. Um, Something that uh, is actually real, tangible, realistic, that uh, is respectful to the sport as the Mayweather versus McGregor is basically, it's just a money grab. It's just a cash grab, and McGregor is selling his soul, and he's a—he's basically a, a used car salesman, the way he's carrying on. Now, it's going to be entertaining, but, you know, there are other things that are entertaining as well, such as, well, the world wrestling, world wrestling entertainment's entertaining, but it's not real, and we know that. We know it's not real. Uh, and the Mayweather-McGregor bout, it just seems to be not real. Um, you know, Mayweather has absolutely no chance to really lose the fight. Uh, everything's on his terms, and, you know, McGregor's going to have his work seriously cut out for him, but he's going to make a lot of money. Where, on the weekend, the Bones-Jones versus Cormier bout, it was totally real. It was the ultimate fighting championship back, better than ever. Two world-class combat fighters in the octagon trying to punch the absolute crap out of each other, and I loved every minute of it. And no surprise that Bones Jones gets the victory here. Cormier, a really impressive record as well, nonetheless. And, you know, the fight was pretty tight until... That kick to the head of Cormier, which really, you know, really dazed him and rocked him. And then as, as from there, as I said, Jones is an absolute assassin in that situation. Um, you know, Jones, he looked good. He's been out of the sport for a while now, a good couple of years with, uh, with legal issues with a, that, was, uh, w- that revolved around a, a hit-and-run uh, accident. And then he had um, some drug issues, I believe it was some... Um, tested positive to to drugs I think it was uh, a a cocaine positive test something along those lines but he's back and it's great because the UFC uh, need a superstar outside of Conor McGregor to uh, to help carry the load while McGregor goes off in his uh, on on his uh, drifts away onto his his circus act and uh, his circus show with Mayweather it was good to get some real UFC uh, hustle and bustle, some real contact, uh, contact some real combat sports, um, and uh, the fight lived up to uh, lived up to the hype, which was fantastic. Um, you know, you know, Jones, John Bones Jones, he really reminds me and 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 moves similar to 
the great Brazilian champion Anderson Silva. He's basically just a heavier, a heavier version of uh, of Silva. The way he, uh, yeah, the creativity, the the sleekness, and he's very, very clinical. He he punishes mistakes the same as Anderson Silva, and you know, both fighters technically, you know, so so good, technically superior to the majority of the guys that they come up against. Cormier, um, you know, his skill set is obviously a little bit shorter. Uh, you know, built a little bit differently. He's a, he's a little bit more of a banger, and um, you know he was found wanting against the the class of of, uh, of Jones. And um, you know, where does Jones go from here? Um, you know, straight after the fight, he called out Brock Lesnar. Now, this is one that uh, is probably going to create uh, a little bit of momentum, and I think it's one that will do very well. I think it's one the fans want to see. Brock Lesnar, he's a showstopper. He's um, He's a former champion of the UFC. We all know what he what he did in the the WWE with his uh, with his wrestling, and um, you know if he wants to get back in the ring, I think this is one that um, you know combat sports fans would like to see: uh, Bones Jones versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, I think that's the obvious matchup, and um, you know plenty of star power there, and I think it's one that um, you know would bring pr- plenty plenty of value. Uh, so I think the quicker that they can get this fight organised, the better, because um, that is one to definitely see. Um, while the uh, up until the, the, the McGregor and Mayweather uh, circus act is complete on August 26, so you know Bones Jones and, and Brock Lesnar, that's going to be the one that you hear when it comes to the UFC, and I think they're onto a winner aware with that one. Dana White needs to get it done. Uh, get that matchup locked away. Uh, I think that is a marquee matchup that will uh, sell plenty of tickets and will have plenty of eyeballs on it uh, to uh, to see uh, who comes out on top. Um, there'll be plenty of hype behind that one there. But really impressed with the way uh, Jones carries himself off the uh, out of the octagon as well. Um, you know he was very respectful. Uh, he uh, he speaks very well. Um, there's no thuggish kind of behaviour or or uh, outlandish talk. He just gets in the ring, does the job with the fists, uh, and and gets on with it. And you know, as we go along here, uh, you've really got to you can't take anything away from Jones. He was considered the best fighter on the planet before he got into before he had the title stripped off him. He got into his legal problems and his his drug complications and now he's come back and he's knocked out Daniel Cormier who you know is one of the best one of the best fighters in the world there's no doubt about that and um you know Jones wins convincingly so I mean it's just so so super impressive and um you know you've got to give full credit to to John Jones maybe we are looking at the guy who uh, uh, you know he's the best that's ever that's ever done it um and I don't say that lightly. When you're saying, making statements like that, um, there's got to be a real, real uh, incredible body of work. And, and John Bones Jones' body of work is is as impressive as as anybody out there in the world of mixed martial arts. And, uh, you know, he was, he, was a, he was a killer on the weekend. He was an assassin. And Jones versus Lesnar is one that... Uh, would definitely uh, pay money to see. Coming up next, 
We've got NBA. We've got the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. What is going on with these two franchises? Kyrie Irving, wake up. This is no holds barred. Jones is back. Bones Jones. Great performance on the weekend. Great performance. Good to see him back. Good to see the best of the best do what they do. It's time to segue onto some hoops. The NBA section of today's program here from the No Holds Barred Studios. And our friends in New York, the New York Knicks. What is going on with them now? Well, I'll tell you what's going on with them now. Their seven foot three Latvian superstar, Kristap Porzingis, has come out and said that hey, he considers New York home now and he wants to stay in New York. So that got me asking the question, okay, what's going on with Carmelo Anthony? What is happening? Carmelo Anthony wants out of New York. He wants to go to the Houston Rockets. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And I think it's only a matter of time before this takes place. While this is going on, while the mellow fiasco is going on, Porzingis has just taken a step back, which he needed to do. He needed to get away from the the circus that is uh, New York and the way they run their organisation. And I think he's taken a look from the outside and gone, hey, look, Carmelo's going to be shipped out of here without a doubt because they're at loggerheads. He definitely doesn't want to stay there. He's been open about that. He's said that. And I think it's only a matter of time before he goes. He ends up in Houston with Harden and Chris Paul forming a super team there. But Porzingis is playing the smart move here because... He's going to be the centerpiece of this franchise, of the Knicks, because they've recruited a bunch of, really a bunch of second-rate guys that they're not impact players in the NBA. Hardaway Jr. is not an all-star or he's not a a blue-chip A-grade player in the NBA. He's really just a role player, but they're paying him, they're paying paying him uh, A-grade money. That's their mistake. There's no surprise there, the New York Knicks. I mean, they signed Joachim Noah to a ridiculous, uh, you know, I think it was a three- to four-year deal, somewhere upwards of $90 million. And, you know, he's done and dusted. There's no doubt about that. He can't stay on the court. He's always injured. Uh, He's got way too many miles on the clock. Uh, So he's not going to give them any value at all. But Porzingis is taking a look at this and saying, hey, I'm going to be the centerpiece here for the next 10 years in New York. Um, I'm going to be the marquee guy. I'm going to be the number one guy. And I think Porzingis is taking a look at it and going, hey, I can put up 25 points, um, you know, get 10 rebounds if, I, if I've got an appetite for, for chasing rebounds, uh, get as many touches as I, as I like. This is a good situation for him. Um, and yeah, it is. It is a good situation for him if he wants to just put up numbers because you are not going to win uh, many games at all. 
for quite a while. The Knicks obviously need to reload here, but they also need to clean house. And they need to send uh, Carmelo to Houston, um, get that done, get what they can for him. Um, Joachim Noah's done. I don't know what they're going to do with him because uh, he's going to give them absolutely nothing but a headache and no value at all. He's actually going to just, uh, you know, continue to cash checks for, for no output uh, whatsoever. And Derek Rose, we know, has been moved on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's, he's, gone, he's joined LeBron uh, for one year in Cleveland. Um, so good riddance to Derek Rose as well. But, you know, for Porzingis, um, yes, I think they do need to build around him without a doubt. But they need to get Carmelo out of town as quickly as possible so they can reload and they can put some pieces around Porzingis. Positive note for the Knicks, Porzingis, you know, wanting to stay and um, saying he wants to figure it out there. That's great. Um, concentrate on Porzingis, keep him happy uh, because he could be a breakout guy over the next two to three years. There's no telling what he could do uh, in the right situation with um, the right amount of touches. But you've really got to get Carmelo uh, out of New York, get him to Houston uh, where, uh, where he can play there, do the right thing by him. And then you can move on from the entire situation. Now, I think the Knicks, the smart move from, from uh, the front office of the New York Knicks is just put Paul Zingas as the number one piece in your offense, in your defense, um, work out um, you know, the, his best position and his best role, um, giving his, give him as many touches as he wants, let him do his thing. Um, if he wants to be selfish, be selfish because you really want to see what you got here and, and the amount of talent that he has and what he can turn out to be. Now, he's really be with Derek Rose there, with Carmelo there, um, you know, he was the, the third option there. Now, give him the opportunity to be the number one option, put the ball in his hands and see what he can come up with. And then you know, at least know what you're working with. Right now, you really haven't got a clue what you're working with. Um, you, you know, you know he can hit the hit the outside shot, and he can do bits and pieces here and there, and he's got some skills. But um, you know, give him 25 to 30 touches, put the ball in his hands, and say, "Right, big fella, show us what you can do." You know, set some guys up. Um, you know, shoot the three, attack the rim. Um, I think it's exciting if they play it the right way. But knowing the New York Knicks, somehow they will work out how to mess this up and um, and piss everybody off in the meantime. Um, but you know, for Pazingas, um, yes, give him the ball, let him figure out, uh, you know, how he wants to play and see what numbers he can put up, see what he can do, and then look to get some pieces around him uh, once you know what you've got your hands on. Right now, they've got no idea what they've got their hands on, and, you know, they've really got no idea what they're doing because they are the New York Knicks, and, um, you know, they, uh, they are the... Uh, they are a, a, an organisation and a franchise that uh, are just absolutely setting all kinds of standards for mediocrity and uh, laughability. They really are. And in saying that, we're going to segue on to the other topic I want to talk to in our NBA section here in the No Holds Barred podcast. And that's our friend Kyrie Irving. He's come out and has said that, yes, we know that he wants to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and he wants to leave LeBron James, the best player on the planet, 
and he wants to go and do his own thing because he's selfish and he suffers from the number one pick syndrome, which we spoke about on the last program. All about me, me, me. What about me? Um, I'm not happy um, getting all the exposure on the, on the planet possible. I'm not happy with, with having a shoe deal. Uh, I'm not happy with going to the NBA Finals every year, you know, riding LeBron's coattails. I'm not happy with playing with one of the best players the game's ever seen. What about me? What about what I need? Um, We all know what Kyrie Irving's all about. And, um, you know, he's come out just now and has said that um, he doesn't want to be traded right now because he wants to make sure that he gets moved to the team that he wants to get moved to, to the correct team. He doesn't want to go somewhere that, you know, is not a very good team. So, once again, Kyrie Irving um, setting really new marks for um, absolute uh, absolute stupidity, um, selfishness, um, you know, insert every word that is associated with, um, you know, bad decision-making, um, call it what you will, but um, Kyrie Irving wanting to leave wanting to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers and now saying, I don't want to be traded right now. We need to figure out where I go. <coughs> Excuse me there. Yes, I have been uh, overcoming a cold over the last couple of days, so I do apologise there. But... You know, Kyrie coming out and saying, like, let's put the uh, let's let's put a hold on um, on making a move right now. We just need to figure out. I want to go to a good team. Like, does Kyrie not realise that he's on a good team right now? He already is on a good team. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the second best team in the entire National Basketball Association. So, what is he talking about? Like, if you want out, you want out. You want to do it all yourself. You want to be the number one guy. You want to have the team build around you. You want to, you know, try and get to the NBA Finals with, uh, with it being you, with it being all about just you. So what difference does it make whether you, you know, you, you go to the New York Knicks or whether you go to the Milwaukee Bucks or you know, go and play for the Memphis Grizzlies? I mean, you know, these players are just so so picky and carry on these days. It's unbelievable. This never used to go on. Back in the day of uh, Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson during the the golden age of basketball, um, when the league went to record uh, stages of popularity, I mean, these players these days just, you know, crap on with absolute nonsense and Kyrie Irving is taking it to an all-new level. You said you wanted to be traded, okay? So the Cavs are going to trade you and now you come out and say, oh, hang on, let's put a... Let's put a bit of a hold on it. I, I'm, I, I, wanna, I don't want to get moved to, uh, you know, an organisation that sucks. Well, you know what? You're already on a winner, Kyrie, where you are in Cleveland with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're not happy with that. You're not happy with all the exposure that you're getting or the shoe deal or the NBA Finals every year, playing next to LeBron, arguably the greatest player and teammate that... Uh, you know, you could ever want. But it's all about me, 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 me. And here's another example from Kyrie that he's all about himself. And, you know, if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers organisation, you've got to be just, you've got to be out of your mind. 
you have got to be just absolute steam coming out of your your ears and you know they've got to get this done they've got to move Kyrie because how are LeBron James and Kyrie Irving going to be able to function you know during pre-season training or during the start of the season with all this soap opera drama and circus act going on and you know Corey is looking sillier and sillier, and sillier as the days tick by. Um, you know, so, you know, LeBron, how long has he got to carry this city and franchise? Without LeBron James, the Cleveland Cavaliers have been embarrassing. They need to get Corey out of town as quickly as possible so they can move on and um, really salvage what they can salvage out of this, but just the, the just the attitude and the the massive ego, you know, Kyrie's making a big mistake here. This alpha male, you know, what about me? I want to be the man, kind of thing, you know. And it's only special special talents that are able to do that. You know, we're talking, you know, Kobe Bryant after the shack and Kobe bust up in L.A. You know, even then he had a, a a pretty solid supporting cast around him. Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, Ron Harper, Glenn Rice, Rick Fox. These are some of the players. Derek Fisher. These are some of the players Kobe had um, over his career that were there to help. But Kyrie Irving needs to take a good look in the mirror at himself because he's been reading his press clippings far too often. And it's going to end terribly for him. And I'm going to be sitting in the front row taking pictures, just like everybody else out there, all other NBA fans out there, that understand that this is a big mistake. Because LeBron James is a once-in-a-lifetime player. And you're going to walk away from that. Big, big mistake. You've been listening to No Holds Barred. What a show. What a show today. Plenty going on. Oh, Kyrie Irving. I'm just over it. I'm over his rubbish. He's carrying on like he's got four NBA titles, an MVP, a scoring title. He's a great player, but, you know, it doesn't warrant this uh, this alpha male number one pick syndrome attitude. He's taking it to all new levels right now. But I've got news for him. He's not Kobe Bryant. He's not Michael Jordan. And he's not LeBron James. So... They're the only guys that I think, you know, warrant uh, warrant to be able to uh, show real attitude and uh, and ego, because 
They're transcend, transcendent players. They're, they're all-timers, baby. Those players are all-timers. Kyrie's not, and I think he's making a big, big mistake. But for crying out loud, move him on from Cleveland so we can get on with the program. So everybody can get on with it. Wow. It's been fun. Big show, Friday night. Lights tonight. Geelong and Sydney should be a beauty. Check it out. Should be a lot of fun. And how about John Jones? Good to see John Jones back putting on a show on the weekend, knocking out Cormier. He's a special one. He's a special fighter. In fact, I've got an idea. Why don't we get... Why don't we get Kyrie in the ring with John Jones? Now, that that's... Uh, I'd pay money to, to see that. Put him in the octagon. Let, let John Jones run some rings around him. Go to town. We'll see what Irving's got to say then. So it's been a big show. Big, big show here from the No Holds Barred studio. We will be back after the weekend for a full weekend wrap of world sport. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. You've been listening to No Holds Barred. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm new that's anchor.fm new to get started